0: following podcast is a production of the network check us out on bicbp-radio.com
1: do you trust the process do you respect the process
2: Welcome back to another outstanding, fantastic, exciting, all right, that's all a little overblown, but uh, we're happy to be back for another episode of Processing the Process for all of you. I am, and I'm feeling it. Uh, Today's, we got a special guest with us, Ryan. Uh, I was wondering if you would like to do the intro duties.
0: I'm always, I'm here on every show, Brian. What are you talking about?
2: No, no, no. Besides you, my friend.
0: Well, we have Max the Ultimate, Max Owens, writer for the Big Red Louie, occasional uh, Buffalo Rumblings writer, fellow Medina Mustang alumni. Uh, Is it Maximilian or just Max?
1: Uh, Full name officially is Maxwell. Uh, Maxwell, name that everyone wishes it was, was Maximilian, but Uh, didn't turn out that way, so Maxwell is the official name, Uh, but we're rolling with Max. Occasionally Maximilian.
0: I feel like they're both classy, Maxwell and
2: Maximilian.
1: Absolutely. High class.
2: Max Owens, don't you dare call me Maxwell.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Or else. (laughs) Yeah.
0: But thank you for coming on.
1: Absolutely. Thank you guys for having me. I'm super excited to talk. With you guys today. I love draft stuff and uh, getting uh, getting with it with all these really uh, bad teams or teams that have a strapped cap, especially this year. It's going to be nuts. Oh, yeah. Uh, so I'm looking forward to talking about it with you guys.
2: We just finished recording uh, the Two Point Conversation Tuesday episode with our buddy Matt. And boy, talking about the <laughs> New Orleans Saints is rough. Oh, my
1: God. Oh Lord. Yeah. That's a, that's a, that's a doozy. I don't, uh, 78 I don't. Empty them million,
2: I think you said $78 million mm-hmm. over the cap.
1: That's after the, the breeze uh, retirement. Yeah. He did him yeah. a favor by uh, they restructured his contract and then he retired so that they could save like 20 mil against the cap. So mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> they're, they're the worst part is,
0: 20 million is nothing.
2: That's the worst part. I right. Know. I yeah. Know. Doesn't even cut it in half.
1: There's only so many restructures and uh, converting your uh, base salary to signing bonus that you can do before uh, you have to start just cutting folks and letting folks walk. So we'll see how it goes.
2: So Max is our first returning guest. You get that honor. <laughs> I don't know how that makes you feel.
1: I No, like I'm super honored. I was on, when was I on last, uh, we were October,
2: yeah. We were still doing uh season previews. I think, yeah, we did some on. draft
1: stuff and a little bit of draft stuff. I think it was after week one or week two with the SEC. Mm,
2: that sounds about right.
1: Yeah, it was early with the yeah. SEC schedule.
2: So long ago,
1: <laughs> I know, right? Yeah.
2: And now we're now we're in the middle of it with uh without having the combine or right, not the, the national combine and not having any real regional combines and everyone just doing pro days, it's kind of, I don't know. It's, it's tough to be as excited. There's no like landmarks, you know what I mean? We lost a, a, a good, like status marker of like, where are we in the draft season? Oh, well, you know combine is going on right now like literally like right now the combine should be happening players should be in for interviews and weigh-ins and all that good stuff but it's not happening mm-hmm. instead we're we're having to entertain ourselves with imagining how fast guys like Devontae Smith are and
0: <laughs> instead we're just gonna have to ride the Dwayne Eskridge uh, senior bowl hype train all the way up till April there we go <laughs> if there's are anyone, you guys, if anyone you guys on, on Twitter
1: it? the last couple of days
0: Always addicted on Twitter more than I should be. Yep.
1: I've have you guys seen what a cesspool draft Twitter has been? With the it's Justin tough. Fields progression talk, like all over my timeline all the time. Also, either uh, he has no issues with progressions and he's the best reader of a secondary of a defense in the world, or he can't. He doesn't look off his first read ever, and he's a one read passer. There's no in between. Right. It's not it's cesspool,
0: Or the guy or uh, Matt Miller had to drop that bomb that there's a team that has Zach Wilson over oh, Trevor God. Lawrence on their big board.
1: Yeah, that's just – there's no way. Yeah, that's just got to be smoke. There's no yeah. way. <laughs> I don't yeah. believe it.
0: Relax,
2: Jacksonville. You're going to get them. Calm down.
1: <laughs> I know.
2: <laughs> yeah, Ur- Ur- Urban Meyer finally got a hold of his you know PR guy and social media guy. He's like, all right, man, here we go. Start feeding the idea that we're <coughs> totally into Zach Wilson.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: I want mean, uh, Trevor coming in with a chip on his shoulder, damn
1: it. Yeah, honestly. Trevor
2: could have the arm of Nate Peterman, but he'd still be
0: first overall just from the head of hair alone.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: But then again, I mean, Z- Zach Wilson's got some good lettuce too, though. I don't know.
1: Yeah, Zach Wilson's a – yeah. He looks like a young young boy, but – Mormon Messiah. Yeah.
2: It's got that headband swag, man. Oh, yeah, he does. Channeling, okay. his inner he Bron. he's trying to be like Braun Braun. So, Ryan, who is the first uh, team we're talking about? Who's first in the draft order?
0: The New Jersey Giants,
2: New Jersey Giants, correct? Yes, so yeah. after having a hmm, disappointing. Season. I mean, their fans acted pretty disappointed when they missed out on that coveted f- f- four oh spot in the playoffs.
0: Yeah. That
2: the whole world was melting down. Oh, we got screwed. It's like, you guys didn't want that. You don't I mean, want to win. Suck. You don't want to get trounced <laughs> by the Bucks. Just be glad you didn't make it. It's good. It's good stuff.
0: I mean, what? We're talking eight draft picks? That much of a drop?
2: Mm-hmm. No, it's yeah. what? Where's Redskin, the, where are the Redskins?
0: Uh, you mean Washington football team? They picked 19. Good call.
2: Yeah. I haven't Seven man, shots. I've been good about that all year. How did I mess that up?
0: I still <laughs> say the San Diego Chargers, so. <laughs> well. Hey, maybe they'll move
2: back. Yeah, so the New York Giants guys. Uh, first, Max, let's get your uh, thoughts on quarterback. What do we what do we think? that they got cooking over there. Are they actually cooking um, or are they, are they like a well, uh, slow cooker style? What, what do they got going on?
1: They're certainly not cooking. Uh, they're not even slow cooking. Uh, they're, they're just, it's just like it's room temp right now on them for the <laughs> Giants. they Daniel Jones is one of the most turnover prone quarterbacks in the NFL. Uh, we've known this for Uh, his first two seasons in the league he's just he can't stop turning the ball over he can't stop fumbling the ball Uh, he fumbled the ball 11 times this year with six losses he threw 10 picks like you can't that can't happen that can't happen for uh someone you invested quote-unquote invested in their first first round pick uh they're in purgatory right now because they're sitting outside that top 10 area where there's a bunch of teams that are hungry to move up or uh sit at comfortable sitting at their spot and picking a quarterback and not moving out of their pick. So they're really in purgatory right now. I mean uh, my guess is that they end up just trying to build around Daniel Jones and his offense line was terrible in 2020. So I'm expecting that they do sit on sit with Daniel Jones this year, what for better or worse, um and then try to build around him. offense like I said, offense was bad last year. They they need a couple of weapons to help them out a little bit. There's their weapons are pretty, I mean, pretty putrid to be quite honest mm-hmm. with you. Uh, they certainly could be uh, in the Deshaun, Deshaun Watson discussion, but uh, there's better, there's teams with better capital to be fr- frank and I don't really know that Deshaun Watson wants to go to a team like that uh, for what the Giants will have to give up and what he's got working around him if he, he were to get traded there. So I don't think the Giants are in the Deshaun Watson sweeps. Uh, I'm, guarantee that they've called and shut down him, but I don't think that Desana Washington's interested in the Giants. Uh so I'm fully expecting them to sit with Daniel Jones this year, barring some crazy trade into the top ten or top five, uh, to grab like either a Trey Lance or a Justin Fields if he falls a couple of spots. Uh I think it's gonna be Daniel Jones in 2021.
0: Mm-hmm. It just this just feels like a like a draft a weapon in like with your first pick and just hope Daniel Jones can flourish. I mean they already have Pro Bowl up, uh, tight end Evan Ingram right. Ugh, that guy's so bad. How did he make the Pro Bowl? Um,
1: because the Pro Bowl is a joke. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, haven't had a healthy Saquon in a little bit, but yeah, like this just feels like draft best wide receiver available to me. I don't know, maybe maybe mixing a little Kyle Pitts there or something.
2: Who knows? Yeah, Kyle Pitts yeah. is probably the most popular. Pick right now to them. That's mm-hmm. the one I keep seeing. Mm-hmm. So, all right, that was the that was the number one thing that I was like I gotta get Max's thought on this because I haven't heard any of your thoughts on really a lot of these uh, pro guys. So I was like, what? What's maybe he's a big Danny Dimes truther, man? I don't know.
1: He's got the flashes, I and mean, there's no doubting the flashes. He's he got all the does. ability. The athleticism is is there, but the play last season where he he sprints. What was it? 60 yards down the field, down the middle of the field, and he trips over the 20 yard line. Like that's just that's the epitome of what Daniel Jones has been yes. for his first two seasons. Yes. So if he cleans up turnovers, it's a different story. He's got he's got like the Jameis Winston syndrome where he's got all the tools to be great and he just can't stop turning the ball over for the life of him.
0: Um, he's got a pretty uh deep ball sometimes.
1: He does, absolutely, and they try to work that into their scheme. I think yeah. Jason Garrett's trying his best to to work with what he's got. He's trying to implement option uh, into the offense. He's trying to work deep routes into the offense and get vertical. It's uh, just it's not consistent enough with him, and there's not enough they can do to, to trust him. They can't trust the offensive line to hold up for four or five seconds to get the, the stem of the deep routes going because they're so the offensive line was just so horrific last year. It's just yeah. One thing compounds another, and Daniel Jones hasn't been good enough, and that's the bottom line.
2: Yeah, they do have a few what you would hope would be um, with Sterling Shepard and um, Darius Slayton. Darius Slayton, some guys that are are you know quick developers in the routes of getting open. You know what I mean? in the, in the short to intermediate, you would think that mm-hmm. they have enough um, separation skills to be able to help out Dating Dines, but it doesn't seem like. He takes exact, um, you know, the the best opportunities there. It seems like even those are lacking from play to play. Yep. So, okay, first things first. To fix Danny Dimes, we need to address the offensive line. And I think they have a few options here. First things first, like I said, though, we need to go into the cap. They have a very favorable cap situation. They are steering at one hundred and ooh, one hundred and eighty-seven million. I thought it said sixty-seven when I first looked at it at a glance. So they are at the bare minimum seven million dollars over cap, which isn't horrible. There's there's definitely teams that are far worse than that. Um, there aren't any clear cut guys right now for me. Um, I'm trying to think of like the worst contract they have. Logan Holder's pretty bad. Yeah.
1: He didn't play in 2020. opted out for COVID reasons. But in 2019, he was a big, big ticket signing. He played left tackle. He was terrible. So I wouldn't be surprised if he gets cut completely. He does have a – um, he has a high dead cap, but they would save him I think they'd about six mil. Yep. Yeah. Yeah,
2: so that and would so help a little bit. He's one
1: that I could definitely see. um. Zeitler's a possibility, but I thought he was decent last year. But he has a low cap, dead cap hit. I don't expect him to get cut, though. Completely. Yeah, he was like their only good offensive lineman last year.
2: That's what I was noticing when I was starting to look through all the dead caps. I'm like, all right, we're, we we got to be able to find a couple of gems, and mm-hmm. they they're really not. Um, mm-hmm. So instead, let's think about this worst case scenario. Uh. Oh, so, sorry into, to
1: interrupt. Golden yeah. Tate's another one. I think he's gone. I don't think he's going back this year. Yeah. he's thirty-three. He hasn't produced. He was sus- basically suspended for a game last year for that fight with Jalen Ramsey. Uh, <laughs> if you guys remember that, that was awesome. I think he's probably gone this year, and uh, I think he's replaceable at this point in his career. To be quite honest with you, I, yeah, he might. Did he he had a like, league.
0: Didn't he have like an internal thing too with the Giants? Like he wanted more targets or something like that. Or like, oh. or, his, or his wife came out on Twitter and said something. <laughs> I forgot what it was, but Golden Tate, yeah. man.
1: Yeah, that was interesting because I've always looked at Golden Tate as a high-character dude in the league. Right. So that was a real, really weird course of events last year.
2: Yep. Um, so we, we got to play a little bit of best-case scenario and worst-case scenario to try and give ourselves a good window here. So we'll start off with worst-case scenarios. Worst case scenario is they really go into the season without being able to add any elite talent through the free agency. All right. They'll be able to sign some later on into the season guys. Some, some of those June acquisition guys, the real bar bargain basement kind of signings, and then it's all dressed. So let's go to that first. Uh, Ryan, who should they be targeting to instantly help them win more games next year?
0: Are we talking in the draft or yes. free agency?
2: Yeah, we're, we're saying worst-case scenario, they literally can't fix the cap. They can't get – no one wants to go play there because they're bad. And they have to just go to the draft and, and build from there.
0: See, the first thing that comes to mind for me is a pass catcher, man. Got to be Kyle Pitts. You're looking at Devonta Smith. I don't think Jamar Chase is going to go down that far, Jalen Waddle. Um, speaking of, did you guys hear what Devonta Smith said today about – uh? Tua how he he.
1: Yeah, he emphatically said Mac Jones was yeah. his favorite quarterback there.
0: Man, that'll be awkward if apparently if uh Dolphins go that route. But
1: I mean he got absolutely fed the football this year, so oh, yeah, I guess it's not that surprising. But. All right.
0: <laughs> but no, I'm I'm thinking a a pass catcher here, maybe I mean if a Rashawn Slater falls or a Christian Derisaw, some sort of tackle. Um that's kind of what I'm looking yeah looking at. Or in free agency, I mean, a Kenny Galladay. I think I saw something today that the the Lions want to franchise tag him, I believe. I think Rapport came out and said that.
2: Yeah, I, I could totally see that happening.
0: Allen Robinson or something.
2: They, they, cannot, they can't sign those guys. They just don't have the cap. Also, I, Alan, there's no way Allen Robinson goes from playing with Jacksonville yeah, right. to yeah, playing right. with Trubisky and then goes, you know what? To finish you're off right. my career, let's go play with Danny Dimes and finish off this trifecta of awful quarterbacks. Oh,
0: Blake Bortles to Mitch Trubisky <laughs> to Nick Foles so to Daniel Jones. Poor Allen Robinson.
2: All right, you know what, Ryan? I'm going to try and hit him up on Twitter and try and convince him to do that just because I think it would be so funny. That's not fair. Goes down as the, the, the most talented wide receiver to play with the worst three quarterbacks ever. Uh yeah, they just can't do that. They there's no free agent, there's no Kenny Galladay going there. That's there's no Juju Smith schuster Heck, they probably can't even get a Will Fuller to go there. You know what I mean? So Max, um, is there one name that stands out to you in the draft that you think um would be a clear pick for them?
1: Um man i really think it's the way the board falls on uh, the first round and really uh, depending on what happens uh it could be their their pick of the two alabama guys uh i think i think jamar chase will probably be wide receiver one if i had to guess uh at the end of the day i just think that his ability to win vertical with physicality beat press i think that there's still enough out teams that really covet that elite ability enough to uh to draft him as wide receiver one, um, and then you have Waddle and you have Devonte Smith, and that's an interesting discussion for them because uh, Waddle has has the slight injury concerns uh, coming in. Uh, S- Devonte Smith is a, a slight frame uh, that's that's a concern. Uh, I think that the Giants will actually covet someone like Waddle. Who can get yak. Um I I don't know that for sure because Devontae Smith's obviously a guy who's gonna separate through route running uh and give Daniel Jones easy options as a separator. And then um just as a pure concept and route uh, standpoint he's super clean uh doing that and just who who cares about the like the small stature like he's just he's elite at doing that. Mm-hmm. Uh then you have Waddle you get the ball in his hands he's the most explosive receiver him and Kadarius Toney is up there as well uh most explosive in short areas in the draft Uh, and as far as speed goes he's just an angle eliminator he's you throw him a screen he he can go for six anytime so I really think it's just their their uh their flavor you choose your flavor those are two very different receivers um but I could see him liking either of them honestly it just it just boils down to what's their flavor. Do, do they care about Devontae Smith's weight? Like, possibly not running a 4-4, like, so on and so forth. So I do think that they'll cover Waddle just to give um, Daniel Jones those easy options, just simple throws, yak ability. I, I think that's I think that's a player they'll cover over Devontae Smith at the end of the day.
2: Yeah, I definitely like that.
1: And then you have Kyle Pitts, that's a whole like, discussion. He's just really an offensive weapon. you I mean he's Play him a quarterback nuts. too. <laughs>
0: At this point, put him a quarterback.
1: Yeah. Yeah, he's nuts. He just his ability to break off route stems is like is upper echelon the lead of the elite. Like he doesn't have to run like four three or anything. Like he just his ability to break off route stems is, is nuts. And he just he's he's just so good, man. He's just he's he's I want to comp him to Darren Waller, but I, I was just going to say I, Darren Waller. I don't even know who you comp him to because his ability to get in and out of breaks is just—it's nuts. You don't see it from a tight end, and uh, anyone that limits him to just being a tight end is using him the wrong way. Right.
0: I've seen like Tony Gonzalez being like floated around for Kyle Pitts, but granted, that's even, that's it's very extreme.
1: <laughs> Tony could line up in line and block and he wasn't the short area athlete that Kyle Pitts is as good as Tony G was.
0: So speaking of like a, like, like a worst case scenario. So I like to use the mock draft machine when, when we do these breakdowns just to have all the access, all these players, team needs, stuff like that. And this is how the board just fell for the, for the giants in this mock. So it went Trevor Lawrence, one, Zach Wilson, two, Jamar Chase, three, ignore my dog scratching. Jamar Chase three, Justin Fields four, Kyle Pitts five, then Jalen Waddle, then Devonta Smith off the board, then Panay Sewell to the Panthers, and then both corners, Kayla Farley and Sertan, Broncos, Cowboys. So that's like, that's like, a that's rough. That That's, that's the
1: worst board possible for them because they do need a corner two opposite James Bradbury. They don't really have one right now. I think in that situation, is Rayshon Slater still right? available? He is, he is there. I think that you have to consider taking him there and s- right. fly him to guard. Or I guess you could play him a tackle depending on what you do with Nate Solder. Um, Nate Solder comes back. I'm thinking that Nate Soldier's playing left tackle and Andrew Thomas going over to right because of his struggles at left this year. Uh, and if In that situation, you draft Rayshawn Slater, kick him inside the left guard, and you have a pretty damn good offensive line at that point.
0: Are you high on J.C. Horn? or, yeah, is, or is eleven am, way, way too high for J.C. Horn?
1: It's. I think it's too high. Um, there are some. I think there are like some slight athletic concerns with him with uh, hips. Uh, he's he's an elite press, uh, super confident man corner. Uh, I don't know. I don't know that he's the elite uh, zone corner that you that you want in this defense because what if they do draft J.C. horn I think that they will convert to more of a man based defense in twenty twenty. Uh their defensive coordinator, uh, what's his name? God, it's escaping me now. Patrick Graham, I think, is a DC. And Joe Judge. Uh they ran a lot of um zone concepts because they didn't have the they didn't have the dudes to run man. Uh James Bradbury was played an amazing season and he can play man but Isaac Yadam and Julian Love can't play man coverage every single play, so they're in a lot of zone. Um, but if you drop J.C. Horn, I think you can you can convert to more of a a, a split scheme where you can run man and zone concepts pretty evenly. Uh, that gives you a lot of versatility for defense. I don't know that he. I'm picking him at 11 personally with right. RaShon Slater on the board, but um, it's obviously it's something you have to consider because they do need a, a CB2 uh, across from Bradbury.
0: Yeah, like what J.C. Horn lacks in athleticism, he makes up with it, and just pure like hustle. I feel like you just you know on tape the dude just like hu- hustles to the ball and just always finding a way to mm-hmm. um, make plays. So,
1: yeah, dude, dude's a nasty. He's nasty. I wouldn't want to line up against him if I was a receiver. That's just a dude I wouldn't want to play against yeah. if I was a player. I feel like he thing.
0: plays, he plays bigger than six one too. I don't know. Like oh yeah, on, ta- on tape he just looks bigger than six one. I don't know
1: what it oh, is, but. He's yoked. He's, <laughs> he's absolutely massive. yoked. Yeah, he's a yoke. He's just, yeah, his frame is nuts.
2: So in that mock, you were running down Ryan. Would they be in position to take the first edge
1: rusher then?
0: Yep, uh, Quiddie Pay will be on the board. Um, obviously, Gregor Rousseau's there. He's starting to tumble, but yeah, he um,
1: makes some sense. If Leonard yep. Williams walks, right, he's a he, he's a big one. Wonder yeah. Williams is a big, big ticket free agent. I don't know. They're going to oh, yeah. have to clear space if they want to get him back. Mm-hmm. I feel he's like Delvin Tomlinson
0: him. is like always potentially on the move too. Like I feel like every mm-hmm. like trade deadline, like a Delvin Tomlinson rumor comes out. Um,
1: he's a free agent this year. Right. Actually. So I think he's going to get paid pretty well. Uh, he was really good at one tack and zero yeah. for them this year. I think he's got some ability to slide over to three if they want him to. Yeah. Uh, I don't think that they're going to re-sign him. I think they would if they could. They'd prioritize Leonard Williams, um, kick BJ Hill into uh, nose or zero one whatever, um, let him work there. I don't think Dalton Thompson will be back with the team next year. Try to guess.
0: So, so in this mock, we, we'd probably go Slater overpay.
1: It's tough. I mean, it just depends, right? Because you have to you have to consider what they're about to do with Leonard Williams. Because if Leonard Williams resigned, you're not taking Quiddy Pay there. You're taking Rayshon Slater, in my opinion. I would probably still take Slater just just based on uh best available. Best but guy. uh, yeah, I mean Slater's Slater's stud, damn good man. So yeah, yeah.
2: I'm pretty. Sh- I'm feeling pretty confident in that. Uh, outside of one of those two corners, or I guess in this scenario, those both corners, but the first 10 picks will probably be all offense. And I feel pretty confident in saying that I think the first out of those 10, there's going to be two tackles taken. So when it comes down to picking outside the 10th pick, you really could see an advantage in being able to snag the best defenseman, uh, defender left on the board, right. Mm-hmm. which unfortunately this year is, I, in my opinion, I don't know about you, Um, I think I know Ryan pretty well, but I definitely don't know what your opinion is, Max. But the pass rushers, while there are many that I feel like are worth first-round talent, there isn't the sure things. There's not the dominant defensive end that you just can count on. Everyone keeps saying Quitty Pay to me, and I just I don't see it. I'm more of a Joseph Asai guy, actually. I'm actually falling yeah. in love with Joseph as we go. Along. It's because you're a Michigan guy. I, I think know, I know.
1: the thing with pay is, is um, that people like a lot are, one, a- athletic traits. What You have to consider that. He's insane athlete. He's, uh, he's probably like 6'3", 275 pounds, and he's one of the freakiest athletes at defensive end, regardless of weight in his class. So you have to consider that. I think he's very ver- scheme versatile. Uh, he's very good against the run, so that, uh, you can play him at 3-4 end uh, at 5-tech. You can put him at 4-3. I think you can play him out at the 7-tech. Uh, maybe kick him inside the p- pass rushing downs. Uh, on, like, a third down, you just kick him inside and let him play 3-tech or 4-eye and just let him go go to work mm-hmm. uh, and use his athleticism against guards and centers. Uh, so I think that's why why he's being valued so highly, and he did – I thought he did have a good season for Michigan this year. I haven't gone, gotten completely with film. I'm still on offensive players right now in my evaluations. Um, but just based on traits and scheme versatility, I think pay is – the reason that pay is thought of so highly is because of that reason. Like, every team can use a, a quiddy pay. And a lot of teams have these uh, – a reason, like, an Aziz Ojolari is not a top-ten pick is because he's 240 pounds – and a lot of teams don't like that. A lot of teams have their thresholds for defensive linemen. You have to be 250, you have to be 260, but so on and so forth. Right. Uh, with no combine, you really don't get to see – we don't really know if uh, Aziz Ojolari can bulk up. To me, his frame looks pretty maxed out. Uh, so he's probably going to be like a later first-round pick, if I had to guess. But a reason why Quidi Pay is valued so highly over Joseph Asai, for instance, and Aziz Ojolari is because of scheme versatility. Um, and I don't think that Osai, Osai and ojalari are undersized pass rushers. And that's just the way it is. Uh, they, I love both all three of those players to be quite honest. I don't think, like you said, I don't think that there's a, there's no, obviously there's no Chase Young this year. There's no Joey Bose. There's no Nick Bose. So there's, there's nothing like that this year. Yeah. A lot of people thought Gregory Rousseau was going to be that guy way back in like May when the first you know, people started mocking, doing mock drafts and stuff. And Gregory Rousseau was like number three overall. And I was like, I don't know if you've seen him play or not, but a lot of his sacks are just effort sacks. Like he's not a guy who's going to win with counters and he's not going to be a guy who wins with his hands. He's just an now. And now it's like Julian right Phillips yes. taking over yeah. that spot now. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And I think Rousseau might fall a little bit because I think he really did need his, his uh, I believe his junior year, it was a true junior year, to come back and prove that he can work on his counters and his hands, and he didn't get the opportunity. I think it's I think it's gonna hurt him. And he's six six. You gotta <clears throat> you can win with athleticism and hustle plays and all that. That's all great, but he's gotta show. He hasn't shown me and didn't get a chance to show me that he can win with his hands enough. His sack numbers were huge, but you go back and look at his film. He's getting. I did summer ev- eval on him and he's just getting effort sacks and hustle sacks and he's winning because the quarterback off either coverage sacks or just hustled because another player in his team forced the quarterback out of the pocket like Quincy Roche well not Quincy Roche this year but uh, one of their other pass rushers was forcing him out of the pocket so I just I don't know about Rousseau I know, I've know i talked to Chris Trapasso about this and he's said before uh, of CBS Sports that he doesn't think of Rousseau very highly similar to me because he wins a lot with effort and things like that. And he could have been, if he worked on his hands and, worked and had learned counters and things like that, he definitely could have been that chase young this year. But I just, not not with what I've seen, I can't, I can't put him in that tier. I think he's a middle first round guy that you work with and hope that he pans out because he has a lot of traits. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are a lot of pass rushers I think there'll be a lot drafted in the first round, like yeah. five or six. I would have to imagine are drafted in the first round, but I'm not going to be shocked at all of zero going in the top ten. And I think that's probably what's going to happen, barring something weird. Um, and you might have like one or two corners taken, and that's all. That's really it. you we're going to have Sertain and Caleb Farley, the two guys uh, who are potential defensive players to go in the top ten. Other than that, I don't think really anyone's up for consideration at this point.
2: All right yeah jalen Phillips um before we move on to something else he's you were t- he's like the opposite of rousseau right it's it's you know you didn't you always he didn't get the clout and he didn't get all the buzz and then it just seemed like as the season gone on he kept adding stuff he he added a counter and he added a spin move and his hands never stop. That's my favorite thing about Jalen Phelps His his hands are always moving, chopping away, you know, to put, keeping guys off balance. He's got good reach. Um, I really wanted to see him in the combine measure up against everybody else. I mean, eventually we get all the wingspans and arm lengths and everything like that, but I, I'd like to see where he ends up being with a wingspan because I think he's six three, so he's a little shorter. Than a, a normal like a four three end would be, but he plays like a four three end. He he reminds me a lot of. I don't want to do this as a Bills fan, but I can't help it. He, he reminds me a lot about uh, our boy. You know what I mean? He he remind not, not of um. Uh, Vanessa. Vanessa? No, he uh, Jerry Hughes. What are we talking about? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Did you guys see that at
1: all or comp to Hughes? Yeah. Uh I haven't seen him comp to him. Uh it's interesting. I'm not sure that I'm not sure that uh Jerry Hughes was the run defender coming out of college that um
2: That's probably Phillips
1: true. is. I think Phillips is a decent run defender. Yeah. Uh actually I don't think people will attribute that to him often, but he I think he is a really good run defender. Uh I don't, I don't, I've never studied Jerry Hughes coming out of college. Um, Me neither. And I haven't dug into Jalen Phillips' film completely, okay. so I can't really say for sure. Okay. Um, but Phillips is a little bit bigger. Um,
2: weight-wise, weight-wise yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. weight yeah. and yeah. height-wise, so, and length. I mean, just all three of those things matter a lot for, I think, for a comp. Uh, for I've been comping players this year for the first time, and, I take weight and height into it a lot because I think that matters, especially for someone that's a defensive end or an edge rusher. Um, those things matter a ton for me at least. So uh Hughes is just a little bit shorter, um, doesn't weigh as much and
2: Oh yeah, there's a big difference length. in height. Uh yeah. Jerry Hughes is six two.
1: Yeah, and what Phillips is about six I five. think Phillips is like six five. Yeah, yeah. 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 He's just Dark prototype. He's He's prototype all the way, man. He just doesn't have a lot of reps. That's all it is. I think that's the biggest thing with him. He just doesn't. He doesn't have the reps that a lot of these other guys have. And uh, similar to Aziz Aljolari, just guys just don't have reps. Uh, Jalen Phillips was. He started. He was a five star, like top.
0: He was like he was number like one. First
1: overall player in his class
0: UCLA, at UCLA.
1: Yeah. Um, elected to transfer or. Uh, something. He, he gets him off sure. the
0: field stuff. I don't remember what it was. Yeah,
1: something was going on with him, and he had some injuries at UCLA, uh, and he sat out like an entire season uh, before he decided to transfer to Miami. And obviously, that worked out very well. And he's got some. He's a bit of a. From the games I've seen of him, just on broadcasts, he's a bit of a hothead. So I'd like to see how he how he translates that. Um, mm-hmm. If that's a good or a bad thing, I don't really know. Uh, but he is a bit of a hothead, from what I've seen on uh, broadcast. So I'll have to go back and watch and see if that's a good thing or a bad thing for him. Because I think it could go either way, honestly. With with a prospect, when someone has that much passion and and uh, passion and like a lot of trash talking, that could um, that affects how players play. So I I'm, when I go back and evaluate him, I'm keeping an eye on that.
0: So according to the Draft Network, it says he had some ankle, wrist, and concussion issues. Mm-hmm. that limited his time at ucla
2: yep yeah but well, jerry hughes is a big trash talking just saying that's <laughs> true. not always a bad thing uh okay so <laughs> not not too much else to add to the giants right now it's just they need to i do, attract- have,
0: I do have one more name i want to put out there
2: Ooh, do you have a sneaky one
0: <laughs> not really what about Micah parsons we never really talked about him
2: Yeah, it's that cloud, man. That we don't know what's going on with the off the field stuff. There's just Mm. these these hints and rumors, and
1: yeah, there's some there's ugly ugly allegations against him. Yeah. So I'm not Penn Penn State's hiding it too. Yeah, Yeah, they're pretty good at
2: hiding stuff. Yeah, it was. It's ugly.
1: It's if what he did is true, it's it's pretty gross. So I I hope it's not. but I don't, I don't pretend to know exactly what's true and what's not. I, you can consider it, but I only really NFL teams are gonna know what, what the truth is there. So okay. we'll know when the draft comes. Uh, what's going on with him? Because if that stuff is true, he's I highly doubt he's getting picks in the top twenty. He's right. he's gonna fall.
2: He's gonna no be doubt. He's gonna be like Randy Gregory.
1: Yeah. Anyone really, uh, Ruben Foster, I mean, Ruben Foster's situation is a little bit different, but it's similar. Like, you have to consider those kinds of things. Ruben mm-hmm. Foster can't hasn't been able to control his off-field, and it matters. So, teams care about it. Yeah. So, it's absolutely a factor with him. Yep. He's got all the potential in the world to play, uh, be a dominant run defender in the NFL with plenty of athletic tools to be, uh, be great in coverage. It's just...
0: Crazy explosive, just a freak.
1: Absolutely, he's he's a freak. He's just an absolute freak. So I hope I hope those allegations aren't true. I don't know if he fits. I don't know if he fits the Giants' uh, system as much. Uh, They play like a three-four, like a tight front, uh, which means they're playing two middle linebackers. Uh, Blake Martinez was really good last year, and they play a stand-up rusher. Um, Basically, a three-four. Three, four, like with gap penetration and not too gapping because the stand-up rusher is actually penetrating a gap, and so it's basically glorified four-three. It's just only three guys have their hands in the dirt and are gap penetrating. It's supposed to confuse offensive lines, but I guess that's a story for another day. Um, so I don't know if he fits the defense as much as um, as other teams. So I'm not sure if he'll be prioritized, especially since they have. Mm. investments in a guy like Blake Martinez. I think he's I'm not sure exactly what his cap hit is at. I think it's double it's definitely double digits, right? Or wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. get <laughs> yeah, that
0: pulled up, bro. For who? Blake Martinez. Blake Martinez.
2: Yeah, I don't have
1: that right in front of me.
0: Hold on. Blake Martinez is like the gym class hero of the NFL, I feel like.
1: Yeah. <laughs> he's like, like good. That's the thing. Like he's so good in this scheme. Yep. Yeah. As a three four on middle linebacker.
2: Their defense played great down the stretch. It did.
1: Blake Martinez is at a $10.2 million dog cap hit. There so, to me, my philosophy is you don't invest that much in the middle linebacker, but that's just my philosophy personally, especially in a
2: 3-4. Yeah. I can dig it's, that. It's tough when talking about base defenses because, I mean, yeah. I, I, each team's different. Uh, Each team is different, but like Mm -hmm. for like the Bills, you know I always use the hometown guys as the reference. They're a four-three defense base, but I mean, what is that twenty twenty-five percent of the plays? You know, it's such a small portion of what you're actually doing on a down and down play. Mm -hmm. Um, I thought that was pretty funny though that you were like talking about the um, how you're going to use one of the linebackers as a a gap fill and a a, you know blizzard downhill Mm -hmm. like. (laughs) Like a Joseph Asai.
1: Yeah, yeah. a hybrid guy. <laughs> he would fit that defense. I, just, yeah. I don't think that they'll target him because – It's not value. Lorenzo Carter is a good player when he's healthy. So, I don't think they'll – I don't think that they'll target that position specifically, but he would be a good fit at that spot.
2: It, guys, Absolutely. I mean, the biggest thing that anything, it's it's Dave Kettleman. So, we know he's going to go the most boring route possible. So, <laughs> here, here comes Elijah Vera Tucker.
1: He has not. Drafted very well at all. It's going to draft like oh, Deion Brown because he's dreams. massive. Yeah. He, he 20... just
2: makes really, really boring and really, really bad picks.
1: 2018 drafts, uh, Will Hernandez, second-round bust at guard. <laughs> Not good. Uh, 2019, Daniel Jones, Dexter Lawrence, DeAndre Baker. DeAndre Baker was uh, waived by the team. <laughs> he, like, uh, what was the – He's
0: like armed robbery or something. He
1: did something. It was something. like it was it was allegedly armed robbery that he was let off of. And I think he's on the chief. I believe he's, he's the on chief, the chief's now, yeah. of squad. Uh, so they drafted Daniel Jones, Desha Lawrence, who's really like a low upside player. Who's he's fine for what he is. He's a he can be the three four defensive end. You can probably kick him in the defensive tackle if you have to in a pinch. Uh, and then they drafted uh DeAndre Baker. Uh, let's see they go? They drafted Darius Slayton, which is a good pick in the fifth. Uh. And then in twenty twenty they picked uh Andrew Thomas, who was quite literally not good, but just terrible last year uh at left tackle. He did he showed some flashes towards the end of the year, but the first part of the season was absolutely horrendous. Uh the and the first got to McKinney, th- who really wasn't on the field much at yeah. all last year. So, were they draft the first one to
2: take a tackle, Max? They were. Yeah, they were.
1: he was the first tackle taken. Fourth yeah. overall. Fourth, yeah. I'm sure Ryan
2: and I and, and, and Kyle had a. We're like, what the wing. hell? Like, what just happened?
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, we all knew those four tackles were somewhere clumps. For whoever, everyone had their own pick of the litter. You know, Andrew Thomas was the big run blocker who. His questions were with athleticism and then for whatever reason tristan worse was like oh maybe he's a guard <laughs> and now he's like he's a franchise tackle a like and he was ran like a ridiculous like combine is he blew up the combine everyone thought he was a guard like it was just stupid like it, and andrew thomas like there's absolutely room for him to get better there's absolutely oh, sure. room for him to improve as a player and maybe move to right tackle will be good for him. He did sure. play left tackle mostly at, at Georgia, but a lot of people thought that right tackle would be a better place for him, so maybe he does move over to right tackle and he has some, some success there, but Dave Gilmans drafts have been uh, since he's come to um, New York, his drafts have been bad, yeah. and he has had some good free agent hits with James Bradbury and Blake Martinez like last year were, were good hits. They definitely were. um You're definitely getting, you're making your money back on those guys, but his drafts have been pretty, like, have been terrible. Um, Daniel Jones needs a hit, or else he he's gonna be, he's not gonna be in New York very long. No, just just the way it is. That's how it goes when you miss on a quarterback.
2: Sure is. Uh, anyone, anything else with the Giants you want to talk about before we move on to the Niners? I
1: think so. No, I think we touched on every position they really need. Interior offensive line should be a a go-to, offensive yes. weapon, and a corner, corner yep. 2 is definitely a spot that needs to be fixed. So I think we hit I think we hit it on all so, right. they're,
2: so they're in the absolute worst draft spot, You're basically saying you'll probably yes. miss on those corners, you'll probably miss on the top, you know, tech. Well, I mean, they could take Elijah Tucker there, whatever.
1: The next team we're going to talk about is probably in even the worst draft spot. Oh yeah. So, oh yeah. Yes. In my opinion.
2: The San so. Francisco 49ers, man. Yeah. Uh, well, here they are with a great cap situation. So $162,729,945. So a bare minimum, they have $17 million in change. Okay. So that's a pretty good starting point, especially with all the teams that we've covered so far. They're definitely – in a more favorable position than anyone else, uh, their biggest cap hits in the year are some massive ones. Uh, Jimmy G's making twenty-six million dollars. D Ford's making twenty million dollars. Eric Armstead's making twelve million dollars. Uh, Weston Richer, Richburg, their center is making eleven million dollars. Jimmy Ward is making ten million dollars, and then it just goes down, little by little each way down. The clear, if they wanted to free up even more cap, which they don't have to, like I said, because they're in a good spot. If they were to cut Jimmy G, they would save a massive a amount of money. Yeah. Uh, his dead cap is just under $3 million. It's 2800000 mm-hmm. So they could probably do that and designate it post-June 1st. Right. And, and they would roll over a lot of that cap into the next year because they're a young team overall, especially on defense. You know, the biggest free agent to leave is going to be Richard Sherman. Right. Um, no one else besides that to me stands out as a guy of like, man, I don't know how they're going to necessarily fill that role. I mean, Richard Sherman struggled to stay healthy. So and he's obviously not the player that he was, but you know for the last few seasons he's been pretty good there. So when well, healthy, the he thing decent, is Yeah, they
1: yeah. have three unrestricted free agent corners that played, that were starters at one point or another for a decent amount of games. There, yeah, that's the biggest issue. Right. And they have to resign Trent Williams, who is going to get a, uh, probably a record breaking deal for a tackle. Yep. This, I, this off season.
2: Yeah, I don't think they're gonna bring him back. I think they were they were happy to get what they got out of him this year after coming mm. up that you know massive injury in 2019. Um, he's 32 years old, and he will be looking for his next big payday. His last, probably his last big payday. And I don't think it's wise for them to uh, to give him that money.
1: That's fair. I yeah. I I get it. I just. There's so little behind him that I don't feel comfortable letting him walk if I'm them. Uh, he is still one of the best tackles in the game, probably top three in, in the game. And I would not feel comfortable letting him walk, especially since they have some in, other interior issues.
2: Sure.
1: Um, so I would personally be trying to re-sign him if I could. I don't know they would have to do some – go through some hoops to do that. But I would – Definitely he' the one if there's one free agent I'm resigning, and I absolutely have to resign him, I'm resigning Trent Williams like there's no way I'm letting him walk out the door uh unless I absolutely have to. there's no other option, there's nowhere other place to turn. I'm resigning Trent Williams hundred percent of the time.
2: Well, I would definitely agree that his his status and what he means would mean to the team it cannot be replaced. You know what I mean? You, you, you're not going to have whoever you go out and sign in as a free agent, definitely not. And whoever you draft will not be Trent, you know, next year, you know, you can't replace that in one year, but it wouldn't be a bad idea because of the the offense that they run uh, the, the heavy West coast concepts. You're not necessarily relying on a left tackle or any uh, um, offensive lineman to hold on as long as you can. You know what I mean? You're, it's a, it's a two-second and, and the ball's out of your hands kind of idea. Um, mm-hmm. You're running a lot of zone gaps. You know, you don't necessarily need to have that, the, the stalwarts. You know, you can get by with filling guys. Like, if you go back and you look at, like, the, this is going way back, but, like, the Denver Broncos, um, when they were winning Super Bowls with John Elway and they were running all the zone gaps games with, you know, Daddy Shanahan. It, they're just running the mill guards now there's a few guys you know on the offensive line that are worth noting, but it it'll be a real interesting show of philosophy here with if they spring them back, then clearly they show like we need to stay stable on one side of the ball because clearly there's some change up at the defensive coordinator, Robert sala is leaving you know there's going to be some ideology change over there on the defensive side of the ball, so maybe shanahan maybe that is a good idea max that Let's lock down offense and let's not have too many changes on one side of the ball. And that way we can only fo- we focus on one side.
1: Yep. I just, I just, there's no replacement for Trent Williams. And if he wants to be there after his, they got him for, I believe they got him for a third round pick from uh, Washington. So uh, that kind of investment and that payoff that they gotten from him, uh, despite not playing at all really in 2019, right. uh, they've gotten huge and huge outcome from him and I just I know this like it sounds obvious but teams don't always do this if you have a good player you're re-signing him like no matter what if he's still playing at an elite level like Trent Williams I'm not like thinking about money I'm just making sure that that gets done first and foremost and I think that John Lynch and Shanahan know that and I do agree with you that the short passing game, the inter- the short to intermediate passing game and their offense is really important, and it matters a lot. I just think that a left tackle that is as good of a run blocker as he is and their wide zone offense is really important because when you're running wide zone as much as they do outside the tackles, your tackles have to be really good, and that's why they've invested so much in Trent Williams and Mike McGlinchey. Because your offensive tackles have to be able to, they have to be able to run to the outside. They have to be able to to seal outside. That's why Raheem Mostert has had so much success. That's why the run game has so much success. And obviously Shanahan's a great mind, but that those wide zones don't work if you don't have great offensive tackles to block for them. Good, Mm -hmm. good, blocking, athletic offensive tackles is what you need for that scheme. And I think that Trent Williams is not a guy that Shanahan's going to be like. Okay, like. I can replace this guy. Right. I don't think that he's going to have that mindset because they know how good Trent Williams is. They know what he brings to the team. They know how important he is for that zone scheme. Whether he has the block for a long time or not and passing downs is is one thing. And that's another, I guess that's its own conversation itself. But just because they they pride themselves so much in that zone run uh, scheme, I think it's, I think it's just... He, Shanahan and Lynch are just—they're not gonna let him leave. I don't—I would put it at like less than ten percent chance he's—he's he's leaving the team unless there's some sort of disgruntlement within the the organization and the player.
0: I'm with you for sure on that. I mean, if you let Trent Williams walk, then your offensive line is in—it—it—it it, looks—it looks tough. I mean, mm-hmm. other than Weston Richburg and Mike McGlinchey, I mean, you're—I mean, Lake and Tomlinson. And Daniel Bruns, like these are replacement level players. Like,
1: yeah. it's not, well, it's not,
0: you, and you have a whole lot of work to do.
1: They don't have a another left tackle on the roster. Lincoln Tomlinson right. and uh, Bruce Skill and uh, Western Richburg, those are interior off of the line players. And Lincoln Tomlinson right. is a damn good left guard, but you're not kicking him out the left tackle. I'm sorry. You're just not, not in their scheme. He's not athletic enough to play left tackle in that scheme. Right. No way. Yeah.
2: <clears throat> Trying to find I'm going to spot rack to try and see what they're estimating that it will cost for him to sign. But nothing is. Market value. There we go. Uh eighteen point two million dollars annual mm-hmm. is his market value. It's just tough the timing of it for me. That he's thirty-two. Yes, you can probably play well past thirty-five. You know, there's how, – how old is Jason Peters? You know what I mean? And he was still playing up until this year pretty well, and he's like 37 or something like that. So, all right, maybe I misjudge exactly where he is in his career. It's just I'm hoping that they understand the kind of investments they need to make on the defensive side of the ball with re- letting your, your defensive coordinator go. Because they they understand running backs, we know that. Like they understand, you don't pay for running backs; you just keep churning them out. And they even understand of how they get by with a guy like Jimmy G. I mean, Jimmy G was not too far away from winning a Super Bowl. You know what I mean? That <laughs> a few plays away from being able to guide them to a Super Bowl. So that defense was guiding them to the Super Bowl. That's very true. <laughs> So let's get back to them fixing this defense. Corner, you brought up, Max. I think you're right. That's the biggest hole. Ryan, do you agree with Max?
0: Corner? Oh, yeah, 100%. Okay. So I who, mean, it's not – I mean, you got, you got to think. Corner, you're looking at Richard Sherman, who's probably not going to be there. Jason Verrett, who had a pretty bounce-back year. And then, I mean, at linebacker, you're looking good. Fred Warren is a, a freak. Uh, Dre Greenlaw looks good, and then other than that, the the defensive line had some bad injuries. Bosa, uh, Javon Kinlaw was hurt for a little bit. D Ford, I mean, just major major injuries on the defense. So it's definitely got to be corner for me. Okay.
2: Bad luck. A lot of bad luck for the 49 Nineers.
1: I mean, look at their look at who's on the roster as a corner right now. I mean, their their rostered corners are Adonis Alexander, Ken Webster, Tim Harris. You guys, do you guys know who those guys are? Never heard of them. Okay. <laughs> that's my point, right? <laughs> it's just it's such a gaping hole in their team. Like it's it that's what puts that's why their first jump pick is in such a tough spot because I don't think you're drafting Patrick Satin, if they Caleb Farley fell to them, they'd be jump doing backflips, I think. But I don't think Patrick Satan's as much of a scheme fit. Uh just because they're they're a zone based defense, and I don't think Patrick Satan's Best qualities are in zone coverage, so I think that they're in they're in a real tough spot in the in the draft.
0: I'm just a JC Horn guy, but I've been saying this like JC Horn just seems like a 49er corner to me. <laughs> I don't know why, but
1: oh, I hear you. He's built like Richard Sherman. They're just
0: right, exactly
1: <laughs> like they're just not some more players.
0: Like this this corner group, it's very like similar to the Eagles a couple years ago. Like the, when the Eagles were throwing out like like. CFL players, like to stop these receivers, like very, very similar to that. Just no depth. Throwing
1: out some, some, basically some CFL players this year. <laughs> right.
0: Yeah. Right. I mean, oh my, oh my lord! Yeah, you, you ain't. No can... Players. Babe.
1: I mean, Avante Maddox can't be your starting a boundary corner.
0: Can't be a thing. <laughs> so, so we've kind of talked about it, Caleb Farley and. Patrick Sertan, you kind of touched on it, Max. Not the greatest scheme fits, correct?
1: Farley's a good scheme fit. I think okay. Farley's uh, Farley's very smart in zone coverage. I think he's I think he's a very versatile player. I think uh, you can play You can put him in a man or zone scheme, and he's he's very fast uh, as well. So I think that you have a very scheme versatile player with Farley, and you have a you have a player you'd prefer to put in a, in a man's scheme with Sertain, uh at least in my opinion uh, so I think Farley's a better fit personally and just for any zone team I don't right. think he's going to get to where they're picking it. but uh, if Farley fell to them or if they were to trade up for him I wouldn't be shocked at all
0: so barring a miracle both those corners are off the board
1: mm-hmm.
0: are we talking Trey Lance right here maybe
1: I don't even know. I don't think that Lance is even there. I think there I honestly okay. feel like there's this is the four quarterback top ten. They're just you got the Falcons. You have the Panthers. You have the Jets. You have obviously the Jaguars are going to pick a quarterback. You have I like there's so many teams in the top ten that line
0: can, of teams trying to move up too.
1: Absolutely, absolutely, and I just the Nineers don't have the capital some other teams do and i think it's just it's just one of those things like it's i don't think that lance is even going to fall to them they would have to tra- trade up which could definitely ha- absolutely happen but yeah. they would have to trade up for him um if they do sit on their pick i think Sean slater who's the guy we already talked about is a really good fit uh and and uh, i don't know where he plays i guess you could either put him at left or right guard I guess uh, they'd just
0: slide him inside
1: yeah, I think to. he's absolutely – I think he's just a guy you just – he's plug-and-play inside or out. And if Trent Williams walks, he's obviously like this is a guy that's in play as a left tackle replacement. Right. So um, I think Slater's a decent fit. He's a great athlete, uh, first and foremost. So I think he's a great fit. Um, I just don't know where he plays. Uh, left guard's obviously the spot where you want – most of the time, you're going to want your best pass protector over there. Uh, which is what Lakin Tomlinson is. He's a great pass protector, and he's he's a really good guard, and I think he's very underrated. Um, So he's established himself as a left guard, so I'm not sure if you really want to put Slater at right guard. Uh, I don't know if you're maximizing his talent like that, but uh, they definitely need interior offensive line. So um, center and right guard has been a mess for the last couple years. Um, Ben Garland's a guy that – They was starting there for a couple of years, I believe, and he's he's up there in age and he was injured last year. So he's a good pass protector, but I'm not sure if he's a guy that they're gonna bring back with his age and his injuries in 2020. Um, but he was a center, but he's he's a center, and then you have like Tom Compton who was a journeyman at right guard for some of the year, and you had uh oh god, what's his name? Um what is it? At, At guard? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Justin Scully? No, I don't think he played. I'm thinking of Burr... Is it Bursko? Honestly? oh
0: Tony Bergstrom.
1: No, not him either. It's another dude with this B last name.
0: Either way, so. either way, it's. <laughs>
1: It's the point is is that there's not like a they don't have an established right guard, so guard is definitely something that's in play at some point in the draft. Uh, if they don't want to address that, and um, like a band aid free agent or something, I think that's a definitely a possibility. Um, especially because I don't think they're going to draft corner at what are they picking 11 12? 12, yeah, 12. Um, I don't think they're picking a corner there. So unless Farley for some reason falls. So um and quarterbacks are other big needs. So I don't really know like where you go. I don't know what you it's do tough. there. Um Barrett Tucker is also an option if Slater's gone, I guess, but even I think so, that's a little bit of reach.
0: I was just gonna say, so in this mock we gave we gave the Giants Slater. Um mm-hmm. so the, the on on the board right here, um Trey Lance is still there, but you're looking at Samuel Cosme, Quiddy Pay. Christian Darrisaw like are, are any of those names you're interested in?
1: Pay is an option for sure. I think Pay is a good scheme fit. Um D Ford, I I think John Lynch came out recently and said that they're not even sure if he's gonna be available uh come week one this year, which is really concerning. Uh, he had a back yeah. injury and he has back injury uh history. So I think that's that's something to monitor. D four is a potential cap casualty. I think even though I was gonna was say I've
0: seen him high. on a couple like yeah. surprise cut lists. On, yeah, I think he reports, has a decently like
1: high uh, dead cap hit, but I think he's a casualty potential because he couldn't. He was on the field. He played one game this year and he was done. Like yeah. his back just gave out, and I'm not really sure exactly. What the, I don't recall exactly what the injury was, but he did have a back injury, and it's apparently it's a very concerning injury for him. Uh, and he's has a huge cap hit. He's top five in the team in cap hit. So, I think that's a guy you could potentially move away from. Um, you saw with their injuries this year. Like, they have defensive line depth, but they didn't have that much defensive line depth when you lose D Ford, you lose Nick Bosa, and you have injuries with Javon Kinlaw, and you traded to Forrest Buckner to get Javon Kinlaw in the draft last year. So, I think there's a reason to believe that they'd like Quiddy Pay um, as a size and scheme fit. I would be kind of surprised if they do go edge rusher because I don't think that there's uh, a particularly a starting place on the line for anybody right now. Um so I think it's something that they do address in some form or fashion. I just don't know if they'll address it in the first round. Other than that though, those those options aren't very good. That's a really bad board for them to be quite honest.
0: So in this situation we're considering trade back?
1: I would trade – yeah, I think – I was looking over it earlier because I was looking at their situation, uh, do it, writing on my notes, and I think that they're definitely – they're in a position for a trade of some sort, whether that's up or down. I, I don't think that really matters much. I just think that the way that the board can fall for them is too unpredictable, and I think there's a really good chance they, have, they feel like they have to go get that player that they really want or they have to move back because there's some little needs on this team. There were so – Bad down the stretch in last year, but it's because so much of it has to do with injury. Right. This team was the most, I, they had to be the most injury injured team uh, of any team in the league last year. I, I think, I don't think that's even a question. I mean, Jimmy G was hurt, Nick Bosa was hurt, D4 was hurt, Javon Kimmel was it, and now Debo Samuel had some injury hit, injury problems. Uh, they had injuries at the offensive line. Like, it was just endless. Raheem yeah. Moster was hurt for some of the yeah, season. Jarek like,
0: McKinnon's always hurt. Like, everyone's, everyone's always hurt. hurt.
1: Like, they had so. Jer- George Kittle, we didn't even talk about him, yeah. but George Kittle <laughs> was out for like, what, like 10 games? I mean, yeah, forever, it felt like. His team had horrible, horrible injury problems. And even with Jimmy G, this is a borderline playoff team, in my opinion. Yeah. Which is why you're I, seeing that they don't have a lot of needs.
0: I'm I'm just looking at their ESPN depth chart and it's just little red cues all over the place. It's so yeah. bad everywhere.
1: Yeah. It's awful. They had Jalen
0: Hurt and like a, another guy who's supposed to be you know one of those mm-hmm. explosive guys hurt and he still is probably never going to get a chance. Who the hell knows? I think yeah,
1: he was uh, a... Go ahead, Brian.
2: Uh, well, I think that the front office and the the coach are such a good marriage. You know that you know Shanahan. and and Lynch like literally like came in together, you know, Mm -hmm. the Shanahan like picked them. And said, this is the guy that I want to work with. They seem very patient. They seem like they understand that last year was a ginormous fluke. They're not going to panic. They're not going to freak out and try and trade a whole bunch of picks and move up. Like I I guarantee that won't happen. The trade back could happen. um, But I, I think more than anything is that they need to figure out a way of just creating a few more explosive plays, and just backing up the depth, backing up it's the just, depth, getting a corner would be nice. But
1: it's just too much, too good of an organization to to be down too long. I mean, yep. they draft so well. Lynch and Shanahan have a, a stranglehold on things. They know they work tan in a tandem. They they have. There's nothing that ever comes out of there negatively. Yeah. This is a good organization, and it's unfortunate they had so many injury histories, and it's unfortunate that Jimmy G hasn't worked out in that trade that they made, but they are literally, if they get a quarterback, this team is instant contender. Like, this is an instant contender team because of defensive line, because their offense, they have elite offensive linemen, they have – a, an amazing head coach. They have an amazing scheme on offense. They have playmakers on offense. They have the best, one of the best tight ends in the game. Mm-hmm. They have two very good young receivers. Mm-hmm. They have one of the best linebackers in the game. They have Jimmy Ward, who has improved as a player over time at safety. Like They have a ton of great pieces on this team they're just they need to stay healthy for one absolutely need to stay healthy and they need to figure out what's going on at quarterback because Jimmy G is not it and this is a very easy scheme to run for quarterback like spoon feeding practically a spoon feeding scheme with so many screens so many like such an easy scheme because they run so many wide zones which means you're running a ton of play action you're running a, a ton of his scheme has the receivers are basically running backs and they catch screens and they, it's all yak involved so the fact that he's been so bad it's just it's it sucks because he wants shanahan's scheme is so awesome and it's so fun to watch when you can see like how he designs it like it's it's 100 like one of my favorite schemes to just watch on tv because it's so fun and you can see it this is jimmy g is not healthy enough and when you bring in C.J. Beathard and Nick Mullins to try to and do patchwork on offense, like as easy as this team is, it's just not good enough. You can't yeah. you can't work with those guys. So a quarterback and just not just being healthy away from being an instant Super Bowl contender, like I have no doubt in my mind, this is a Super yeah. Bowl team if they have a good quarterback.
2: Well, I think I can get them there. I just had a, a an idea popped in my head as you were talking there. <laughs> We talked about how much money they can save if they cut Jimmy G. They could easily bring in Dak Prescott.
1: Yeah, if he hits market, Mm -hmm. 100%. That's a perfect name.
2: They could easily fit him in. If they cut Jimmy G, that frees up to $20 million, and then you're already dealing with $18 million that you're under the cap right now. And that's at the bare minimum cap. That's 180. The NFL came out and said that's the bare minimum. It could be a little bit higher. It could be almost 190. So then you're up to $28 million. So you could easily lure him away from a franchise that doesn't even want him, it seems like. Literally did everything they could to make sure they didn't have the money to pay him. You know what I mean? We're going to pay our wide receivers a ton of money. We're going to pay well, Lawrence a ton of money. And we're going to pay our running back a ton of money. But, you know, mm-hmm. screw our quarterback, who literally is the reason that we ever were about to win anything
1: this year. Yeah.
0: I feel like if they get Dak, they're Super Bowl favorites like immediately, and it's not close.
1: I don't see absolutely. I think yeah. I don't see either. they're up there with the Bucks probably. I also what do, would they like do... To see. Oh, go ahead, Brian.
0: What do they do with Solomon Thomas? Because, like, what, like,
1: I think who you is Solomon
0: Thomas? Like, what is, like, like, what is Solomon Thomas?
1: He's a free agent, and I think you gotta let him walk because
2: yeah.
1: he's, he was highly invested as a first rounder. He had a really, really bad third year overall and, or something like that. And a, yeah. And a really bad, uh, and a really bad sophomore year, I believe. And he just, he's fine. Like, he's not a bad player. I don't think he's a bad player by any means. And I think that someone will, um, do be able to do something with him. I just like I don't know, like I just I don't know. He just hasn't he hasn't lived up. It's just it's just the bottom line. He hasn't lived up and he was also injured this year I believe. I think he was injured this year. He was if I'm yeah not mistaken.
0: I mean he yeah, has no no stats so
1: Yeah, he's gotta walk. I don't think there's he's got all the potential in the world. He's a great athlete. It just you gotta let him walk. He hasn't lived up a hundred percent.
2: So I have some ideas in free agency beyond Dak Prescott that I want to bounce off you guys. Uh, So Debo Samuel we liked, and Brandon Ayuk we like, right? Those are the two wide receivers you're talking about.
1: Yep, yep. Perfect, perfect scheme fits Mm for. They all they have they don't have to run on huge route tree. They just have to be really good yak receivers
0: and stay healthy. If if they stay healthy, like I feel like that's a big thing for for Debo Samuel. If you're if he's healthy, he's great.
1: It's hard to stay healthy in that scheme because they're hit so like the receivers are hit so much in that scheme. Like it's just (laughs) tough. It's it's really hard, uh, durability wise, in receivers. But yeah, yeah, you're right.
2: So I want to bounce a few of the free agent wide receivers, Um, and we're we're always gonna we're gonna think just like these guys are gonna hit free agency. Okay, Mm -hmm. so Chris Godwin, he would fit. Yeah. Yeah.
1: To an extent, I think yeah.
2: And Robinson. (laughs)
1: I don't think they'd like a player like that, to be honest.
2: Okay. Kenny Galladay.
1: Probably not. I think they're, honestly, I think this is like a, at this point, they're going to be in free agency. If they do invest in receiver at all, I think it's going to be as depth, um, solely depth. Yep. Just to, I think they've got their two guys that they feel very comfortable with as uh, speed guys who have a lot of yak ability and i think that they like the um the dynamic that they have there with those two guys so i think that if they are going to invest in receiver at all i think it's going to be Darius Tony <laughs> i mean come on man like that that would be so awesome that offense Kill them like tell speed i just want to see it honestly they do run like a lot of two receiver sets but i would love love Oh my God! Like Darius Tony, the
0: offense would be insane.
1: Ooh, I'm just thinking and about sprinkling
0: it. a little George Kittle in the red well, zone. Boom! Well,
2: yeah, you you said two wide receiver set. so I'm thinking, you know, we're talking twelve personnel here. So then let's upgrade at their number two tight end. Trade Don't say Kyle back? Pits. No, no, no. Oh, okay. Trade no. <laughs> back. Trade back, and at some point acquire Pat Fryermouth. Hmm. Yeah. Pat Fryermouth and George Kittle i have Kyle Pitts and George Kittle on the same offense. <laughs> you told me not to say Kyle Pitts.
0: I'm playing Madden, Brian. Yeah.
2: The other wide receiver that I was intrigued about is Juju. That
0: would yeah. be interesting.
1: Yeah. He was – when he was coming out, he was really a – he was really a um, guards after catch player. But mm-hmm. he kind of turned into a possession receiver the the really, yeah. Maybe out of really necessity. weird development. Yeah, and just like trying to help Ben in any way that they possibly could, because he was a liability to the team. Yeah,
2: that's another. He's discussion. actually the one that I thought of the like first, because he's. You would think Young Robinson's the one that's gonna break the bank. Um, I don't think Godwin's going anywhere. Um, and then Kenny G is the the, the biggest question mark because of injuries, right? Yeah, like he's he got he's got the most caution when when signing him. And I think Juju's probably the safest and and probably mm-hmm. the least yeah. cap hit. I mean that's definitely less than Allen Robinson.
1: Yeah, I think Allen Robinson's gonna get paid. Yeah. Are we sure,
0: ju- sure are, are sure we sure it. that Juju's even that good?
1: I'm well, sure yeah. See
0: I really don't know if he's good or not. It,
1: I don't know. I, I, really I wanna see him in a new offense, but I just I'm not I'm also not very really sure if he's good. He had a great rookie year. Yeah. And right. It could definitely be because Ben
0: And there's A B on the other side.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's a lot of it, I think. And Ben turned into a liability and that has, could definitely have something to do with it as well. So yeah. and just limiting his routery and what they want him to do because of that. So he really did become a safety blink, like you, you guys were just saying. Uh he's interesting to me. I want to be the one paying him though just my personal preference. I want to be the one paying him. I think yeah. he's a solid player and he has like upside for more than he's done the last two years, but I just want to be the one paying him.
2: I really think that they they are in a really good position here. The, you know, they got they got all their draft picks. They got a, a good cap situation. No no they're real, getting a, big holes.
1: Yeah, they're getting a third comp third round comp pick because of the Robert Sala um yep. hiring. To the All Jets right. because right. of the That's
0: I wanted the Bills, dude. Uh why didn't Houston freaking uh Oh my god. Uh,
1: Leslie Frazier.
0: Leslie Frazier, dude. That throwing pick would have been awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Instead the uh the Eagles got one because David Coley got David somehow. Amazing. And he's never been a good position coach in his entire life. But nope. that's fine. Whatever. Um he was a receivers coach for the Falcons or the Ravens, different bird. Uh and uh, that didn't go very well. So no. I'm not sure really why he was hired. I guess he's more of like the uh, the leader, the leader aspect of things rather mm-hmm. than m- the the mind, the football mind, per se.
2: I guess. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, we're
1: pretty I much mean, on the same page here. It. <laughs>
2: <laughs> All right. So before we sign off and before we let you go here, Max, uh, I have two players I want to ask you about from Louisville. Louisville, um, mm-hmm. and then if you have a, a, a under the radar prospect, somebody that you've fallen in love with, either in this class or next year for Louisville. Um, so mm-hmm. first, we'll we'll start with two two. Let's talk about two two Atwell. Um, definitely a name that is lower in the wide receiver ranks for the draft, but a, a player nonetheless that showed enough this year, I thought, that, that's worth um, talking about as a contributor to a team.
1: Yeah, I think that 2 uh, 2 is a guy that really couldn't, he really couldn't improve much from last year to this year. Um, Stats-wise and just as a as a prospect as a whole, um, Tutu is a guy that he's kind. Ti- he's, I mean, he's a tiny dude. He's not gonna he's gonna weigh like 160 165 pounds, is my guess. Come uh, combine or not combine, I guess, but pro day time. Uh, and he's not gonna ever be a guy who wins at the catch point or wins with contested catches or catches in traffic. He's never gonna be that guy. And time and time again, he's proven he can't be that guy. His hands, I will say, have improved. His hands did look a lot better this year. He was pretty sure-handed for the most part. I will say that's a part that he 100% worked on. You could see game by game that he was not dropping the ball like, at all. Uh, So that impressed me. I just think that my issue with him, I haven't really watched his All-22 film, but I know enough about him to know that he is – never going to be a guy who can be a wide receiver two and he probably won't ever be able to be a wide receiver three he's just he's a gadget at the end of the day I think he's just a gadget guy and he's very fast and I think McKenzie kind
0: of kind of thing
1: I mean that's his role I think at the NFL level I just he's not short he's not even like in the short areas I just don't think he's as bursty as even as Isaiah McKenzie like You see Isaiah McKenzie is very good in the open field, and he has sharp cuts, and he has dynamic ability to cut in the open field. And I don't think you see that with Tutu. Tutu's is very straight line. I think a lot of people will will think that he has, like, this Kadarius Tony, like, holy crap, like, he's – look at how he cuts on a dime and all this stuff. That's not who he is, man. He just – he's very fast, but he's not dynamic in the short areas like everyone's going to assume that he is. He's just – He's very fast. He's very gadgety. He had a lot schemed up for him at Louisville. Uh, I just don't, like, I don't know where you pick a guy like that. I think he's a round four player, round five player that you just, he probably has a role as a special teamer in some capacity as a returner. And he's a gadget player for a team like the Chiefs or something like that that can implement him. And, or the 49ers, I guess, if they want to invest in late round guy who has yak. He gets the yak. He's just not dynamic in short areas, and I just don't know. There's a lot of guys I would take over him personally in this draft. That's just – that's my feeling on it. Um, Yeah, it, he's, a, he's a gadget role player. That's that's really what I chalk him up to at the next level. Yeah.
2: He pretty much said everything I would say, but I was like, well, Max is, Max is more dialed into him, so maybe he picked up <laughs> some pieces.
1: Yeah, no. Uh, like if – Yeah. That's just who he is. Well, this dude
2: Ryan knows. Uh, if if I had put He's up man my, right here, if I put up my top <laughs> eleven running backs, uh, he would be number eleven for me, yeah. and Hawkins. Mm-hmm. Let, let's yeah. let's talk about one of the more, in my opinion, one of the more exciting players in the draft.
1: Mm-hmm. So obviously, like burst, explosion, speed, two like those are the three things you see with him right off the right off rip like he is uh, extremely fast and I think I think that he's gonna be I think he'll be a, like a he'll also be a round four guy but he'll obviously have a bigger role than two two and at, at the next level um I was having a conversation with Joe Marino from the draft network the other day actually and I was asking him because on his I was doing some uh cross-checking which is like a normal thing that I do with prospects just to see like am I missing something or blah, 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 you know? And I, I was asking him because he has on his profile on the draft network, he has them listed as a gap or spread running back. So that interested me a little bit because at Louisville, they run a lot of outside zone concepts. And that's basically what the entire offense is, is outside zone or zone based off- offense. Mm-hmm. And his reasoning for listing him as gap, as a gap or um, power player was, because of his vision so in a zone zone offense you have to be able to recut back lanes and you have to really create your own hole based on where guys where the hole is created so in in a gap or power concept you have to hit a designated hole that's predetermined by a playbook play you know like it's just it's predetermined and you can obviously create off of it if it's not there but it's it's really a predetermined hole so his reasoning for Elysium as a power player or gap player was because of his vision like he he doesn't think he has the the vision to play in a zone concept like consistently which I thought was very interesting because in a zone concept you typically have your smaller like scat back type of players who need to play um on the outside and you don't want banging between the tackles constantly which is really what gap in power is most of the time is it's banging between the tackles or you know and obviously with zone you have the ability to run off tackle and not have to bang in with with the the, in gaps so I thought that was really interesting I thought that would pass that on to you guys because I thought you'd find it interesting Mm -hmm. um but He's got, he didn't catch the ball a lot at Louisville. That's going to be one of the main knocks on him, even though I think he has plenty of potential to be a pass catcher. Uh, he doesn't have a big build. I just don't think naturally he's not a big dude. Like his muscle, his muscle mass just can't get to where you want him to be for a running back. I think he's probably like 180 pounds, if I had to guess. Like he's, he's, he, I think there's like this idea that he's like, a, a little bit more than what he is. Like, I don't think he's a rocked-up dude by any means. I just don't think his muscle mass allows him to get bigger. Uh, He's a player that would bet on round four. I mean, he's just a guy that that's going to – he's got home run ability. And I think – I actually did a uh, an article the other day on the Big Red League site, of uh, three best – Team, team fits for him, and I'm even though I had this conversation with Joe, I still think he's an outside zone player just because of how much they ran at Louisville and ran, like, no gap concepts, and I think that would be really hard for him to uh, get used to, and I don't know if that's necessarily fit for his his game personally. So I listed him uh, as a potential fit for the 49ers, the Jets, and the Bills, and the Jets, obviously, need a running back because uh, they're going to be running a lot of outside zone because they hired... Um, Salah obviously and then Salah brought over um, LaFleur from the 49ers the quarterbacks coach to run the be OC so they're gonna run a lot outside zone either with them as the Bills because the Bills I think like they they started to shift to more of a zone team last year and ran a lot of outside zone and they could use like a fast running back and then the 49ers obviously like they're losing Jarek McKinnon free agency and they have Raheem Mostert, but really like I don't think that would be surprising if they invested in one like day three and that's another outside zone team, obviously. So um, I like him as, like we I just said, like a fourth-round player. I don't, don't think he has the size and physical makeup of anyone that goes higher than that, and I think there's a little bit of nervousness about ball security. He did – he fumbled the ball decent a bit at Louisville. So anytime you have a small running back like that, that loses the ball a lot, it's a little – well, a little red flag goes up. So sure. I, I do like him. Uh, I definitely, I like the two guys, two kids we just talked about. It's just, I don't really know. I don't know where to slot them because they're role players for me. I don't think they're not every down backs. I think they have, they have their own role and that's what they are. They're speed players. They have a role. Yeah, They're gadget players, really.
2: I was impressed with his ability to pass block. He was, mm-hmm. he was left uh, a lot of times with the, the blitzer, and mm-hmm. the biggest thing with um pass blocking with a running back isn't whether or not you're good at it, it's whether or not you're willing to do it, because yeah. that's really all they're asking you to do. They know you're not yeah. going to be able to take on a blocker and actually hold them down. They just, they know that just pick them up, so I was actually pretty impressed with knowing that he's only 5'9", under 200 pounds, probably when he actually weighs in, and when he's in playing season, he's, like you said, he's going to be like 185, Best, mm. you know, he, yep. they got him listed at one ninety six. I'm like, nah, no that, that's that's one ninety six yeah. after eating a whole bunch of cheeseburgers yeah. all off season mm-hmm. and then going to weigh in. Not not when yeah. you're in mid season form, you're you're gonna be like one eighty. Uh, yeah. so you said he didn't catch the ball, but it was more or less that he wasn't asked to. Do you think it was because mm. he he can't really well,
1: or no, it's just the scheme entirely the scheme. Okay. Yeah, okay. entirely scheme. They don't have. They don't have running backs going running an actual running back route like an right. an O route or a Texas route or anything like that in their offense. Oh. No wheels. No, no wheel. I love really? wheel no. um, I do love a good wheel route.
2: <laughs> Max, give us a sleeper then, either going into next year or mm-hmm. one for this year from Louisville.
1: Um, so I have. I'll give you a couple. I for this year, I think there's a good special teams player. Uh, they'll probably be undrafted, but I I do like him as a special teams option and uh, a potential stash option with some versatility. Uh, Marlon Character Jr. is a good good special teams player. I think that if a team does take a chance on him, he's like a special teams warrior kind of dude that gets just sticks in the NFL as as a special teams guy with good athleticism. So he's a potential guy to stick as a as a um. As a special teams player, then we I didn't, we didn't talk about him, but Des Fitzpatrick's like a guy who was at the senior bowl, um, who did have a decent senior bowl game. Mm-hmm. He's not a guy who has like incredible twitchiness and short areas or anything like that, but he does have like some build up long speed and he is a really good uh 50 ball catcher. So I think there is like uh there's probably a good chance he gets drafted on day three. Um probably like a fifth, seventh round kind of guy anywhere in there. Okay. Um for next year, I got two guys. Uh, Monty Montgomery, linebacker. He's five eleven, but I really did think that he was having a great season. Then he got hit with a little, with COVID in the middle of the year. Uh, he is like, he's a warrior, man. I love watching him play because he is super athletic at five eleven. He's rocked up. He's not afraid to hit. He runs alleys. He run fits super well. I think um, he does need a lot of like polish and coverage but he is like I I thought he was like going to be like the next like big thing like I thought he was uh Devin Bush like caliber like middle of the season and then he got hit with COVID and then his play drop definitely dropped off like a little bit but he's coming back next year I really like him Keetra Clark at corner is a super good player he was like a second I think believe he was second team all ACC ACC uh he's not big he's like I would say he's, like, 5'10", 5'11". He's listed as, like, 170 on their website. But dude is, like, lock up. Like, he's straight, like, locked down, man-to-man corner. I love watching him play. He's super – like, he didn't get the picks this year, but he could easily have, like, six seven himself, honestly. Like, he would have been, like, a star in the NCAA if he had can't come down with, like, four to, like, drop picks. Like, it, he was that good to me. Um, yeah. I think he's a guy – That needs to gain weight. Obviously, he's way undersized to be a corner in the NFL right now. Uh, He was only a true sophomore last year, so he couldn't even come out if he wanted to. Uh, He was a transfer from Liberty. He's super good, man. I really like his, really like the way he played this year. He's like, when I was following Louisville when Jair Alexander was coming through, and I think he's like, I don't know if he's like the caliber exactly player of Jair, but he is like, He's locked down, man. He went he went toe-to-toe with everybody. He locked them down every single game.
2: I like that. What's yeah, good player.
1: Yeah, keep an eye on Keicho Clark. He's really good. Real good. Got okay, anything else, Ray?
2: No. That was awesome.
1: <laughs> Holy crap, man. That was like a gauntlet. <laughs> that was fun, though.
2: Way to keep your head on the swivel.
1: <laughs> no, that was fun, though. That was fun. Cool. All I'm right. I'm Teron Johnson, thankfully. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That's
2: the best. All right, Max. Well, man, thanks for coming on. Thanks for taking the time. Um, yeah, absolutely. Shout out well, where people can follow you, where people can find your work.
1: So, you can follow me at Max underscore the ultimate on Twitter. Uh, I post a lot of draft stuff on there. I'll Once in a while, I'll post some little stuff. I post just regular NFL stuff and opinions um I'll eventually be dropping like a big board and scouting reports and stuff on like via like um Google Sheets and Google Docs I just need to get my board together and finish evaluating and stuff like that um and then I will I tour one or two posts at least every single day at Big Red Louie um on Twitter and then BigRedLouie.com uh, there's always posts. I'm going to be doing some draft stuff on Best Fits, for you do well pretty soon. And there's a lot of like position previews and um, a lot of basketball stuff right now. But um, yeah, that's where you can find me. Those cool. two places.
2: Yeah, definitely follow along with Max. Max knows his stuff. Max does his work <laughs> and uh, it's always good chatting with him.
1: Thank you, man. I appreciate it. Of course.
2: Ryan. What about us should people follow us and do stuff with us then
0: uh probably follow max first then go ahead and give us a follow because he's he's smarter than us when it comes to this stuff so um (laughs) but no if if, uh if you did enjoy be sure to subscribe rate review um do what you gotta do share with people and it, ser- leave us a review. Like no one reviews us. Like we're awesome, and like no one's like says anything. Like we're cool as hell. Like yeah. I'm getting fed up.
2: Crafting has got five reviews. Yeah, well, I'm about to. Five five stars on crafting and drafting. So.
0: I don't want the stars. I, I I want the reviews.
2: Yeah. No, you didn't even get that in crafting. G- give me the stars, the stars though, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't be picky. Yeah, I'm not. I'm trying not to, man. Okay. Good. Good. It's tough. All right. Uh, Well, like we said last episode, Ryan and I got a little bit of work to do. Uh, At some point we will be dropping our defensive positional rankings, our top 10, and uh, I am still working on our tiers of our offensive uh, rankings. That was something we worked on, Max. That was a lot of fun. Uh, We we did our top 10 uh, offensive positions for the draft, and then we took those 10 and we put them into tiers of like who we thought were sure things and guys that we thought like they're going to be really good, but not quite a sure thing. And then your average guys and stuff and that. So that was a lot of fun. Yeah.
1: yeah That's awesome. Good exercise for sure.
2: Absolutely. And, um, yeah, so we're going to be working on that and, uh, we will be back next week. Uh, I don't think we have a guess right now, but Hey, it could happen. And, uh, until next time, keep on processing that process.
1: Do you trust the process? Do you respect the
0: process?